Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast, produced by the Small Biz Thoughts Technology Community, with your hosts, Amy Babinchek, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Hi, this is Carl. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. I'm joined today by Paul Green from Paul Green's MSP Marketing. And should I say in the UK? Yeah, yeah, we're in the UK, but we work with MSPs all over the world. Okay, that was the question, I guess. So um, good. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and how you got here? Yeah, thank you, Carl. I'm so excited to be on your show and to speak to you uh, without wanting to sound sycophantic. You are absolutely a legend in in this world and uh, it's wonderful to be on the podcast with you. So I work with, as you said, I work with MSPs all over the world. Um, I used to be a journalist and a radio presenter back in the day and I did that for 10 years. And then I started my own business in 2005, which was a, a marketing business. I had the entrepreneurial seizure that Michael Gerber talks about in his book. Right. Uh, the E-Myth Revisited, and I started my own business and uh, built that up over 10 years and sold that in 2016, which is when I started working with, with MSPs. And I love working with MSPs. I'm not a tech myself, but I, I enjoy technical conversations, and I love how, I love how liberating the market is for, for MSPs. I mean, there's no, other, there's no other business like it in the world that has such high levels of monthly recurring revenue and also that keeps clients for so long. And this is what I try to tell to MSPs all the time is that, you know, you don't have a normal business model. There's no other business in the world that keeps clients for 20 years and gets paid every single month and, and often does nothing for that work. So it's a wonderful <laughs> model. Um, I try and focus just on the marketing for MSPs because that wonderful model has a downside, which is it makes MSPs lazy at marketing. And I don't know if you'd agree with this, Carl, but most well, MSPs don't, don't it, do enough. It makes them lazy or if they start out just being marketing averse. Maybe, right? maybe. I mean, so I love the point that we keep our clients forever because I've had many other businesses that I've either owned or been a part of that, uh, Three years, one year, five years is a, is a standard for many, many businesses. And so I hadn't even thought about that, that we do normally keep our clients for 10, 15, 20 years. And it, it would be weird. I mean, if you met somebody whose average client turnover was every five years, you'd say, what are you doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. And I mean, my, my last marketing business, our average client retention was two years and eight months. And so to start working with MSPs and to, to find, as you say, you, you don't lose clients unless they go out of business or you, you majorly screw up the technology, which as we know is a, is a very, very rare occasion. So it is a wonderful, wonderful world to work in. But I, I, I do believe it makes you lazy because money keeps turning up every month. And if you don't get around to doing any marketing today, it, there's no consequence of that. Whereas in a normal business where you've got to have new clients coming on board all the time and you've got to be selling them stuff all the time, if you don't do some marketing today, then, then that has a revenue impact a little bit down the line. And that's, I think, uh, uh, it's actually a bad thing for MSPs. The opportunity that it provides though is any MSP in virtually any market anywhere in the world has an opportunity to get good at marketing. And you haven't got to beat everyone in your market. You've only got to beat two or three other people. You've got to, your marketing's got to be better than two or three other MSPs. And it's a massive opportunity to pick up huge numbers of new clients. That is a great perspective because I know where I am there, because I run the local IT user group, there's about 50 MSPs who are active in the business, 
but there's maybe three that do marketing. And, and this is a good size metropolitan area. Yeah, and you see that in, in virtually every market around the world. I mean, I work with MSPs in the UK, the US, South Africa, um, Australia, you know, mo most major Western countries. And you're absolutely right. It's a tiny fraction of MSPs that do marketing. And when we're talking about doing marketing, we're talking about doing it consistently. So not just doing a, a, a bit of spray and pray, as we call it, whereas, you know, let's throw some money at Google ads or at Facebook, let's do a bit of marketing. And then two weeks later, switch it off. I mean, consistently actually have systemized marketing that happens day in, day out. And, you know, the more regularly and the more often you do marketing, the more chances you've got of actually sitting down and having decent conversations with really good prospects. We all know that MSPs, it's such a, such a long sales cycle. It takes so long to move someone to, to get them to switch from, from their incumbent MSP to get them to switch over to you. And I think you have to put, you know, be prepared to put in a multi-month, sometimes even multi-year investment into that to get them at exactly the right moment. And that only comes from persistent and consistent marketing. So does it follow, because it seems to logically, does it follow that if I were to just do some marketing consistently, that I would blow out all of my so-called competition? That's a great question. And I don't know about blow out, but certainly if you were to do something consistently and regularly, that will, over a period of time, build up momentum. And that momentum will turn into more leads. It will turn into more prospects. And ultimately, you'll be sitting down or, or having Zoom calls or whatever is appropriate, depending on what's going on in the world, with more people. And that will happen because marketing is, is like anything. You know, if you think about running your business and when you first started, it was hard work. You know, we've all or most of us have been there and sat in our spare bedroom on day one. We've got no business. We've got no revenue. And, and we kind of throw ourselves into it. And what happens over a period of time is we build up momentum. And then 10, 15, 20 years down the line, we've got this enormous momentum. We've got a business which is a whatever size it is, it, it's going and, it, and it's hard to stop that business. And marketing is exactly the same. So I think if you can get into the habit, I mean, I say to my MSPs, if you can do 60 minutes a day, just 60 minutes a day, working on your business, and preferably your marketing, working on it instead of in it, that's going to make a dramatic difference. If you could turn that 60 into 90 minutes a day, you can change everything. Because in 90 minutes a day, I mean, within a couple of weeks, you've ticked off all the projects that you've been meaning to do, all the marketing projects anyway. And then suddenly you've got time every day to spend 30 minutes on LinkedIn. You've got time every day to spend 30 minutes on other social media platforms, to make more sales calls, to you know, work your audiences, your audiences being the people that are listening to you on your email list or on Facebook or on LinkedIn, to just you know, engage with people more. Because people pick an MSP or don't pick an MSP with their hearts and not with their brains. You know, the ordinary business owners and decision makers that we want to reach, they are not making cognitive decisions which IT support company to go with. In fact, they don't even know what they don't know. They have such little awareness of technology and, and our world and what's happening in our world. How many times have you sat in front of a prospect and you've talked to them about backups and that, you know, they'll, they'll tell you what, the, what they're doing is, is, was perhaps best practice in, you know, 2006. But they, right. they have no idea that, that things have moved on considerably. How many prospects really know what the cloud is? If you were to say to them, tell me what the cloud is in one sentence, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't be able to talk about it. So these people who don't know this stuff, they, they cannot cognitively make a decision on, on you're a good MSP or you're a bad MSP. So they don't make cognitive decisions. It all comes down to the emotions. 
And if you can build a relationship with prospects and get them to feel like they know you in some way, you are dramatically more likely to win them as a client because they can't make, as I say, it's not a brain decision, their heart's doing all of the work. And this is where the consistent marketing comes in. If you're, you know, if you message someone on LinkedIn once or twice a month and they see some of your things on LinkedIn, couple of times a week and you send them something in the post and they open that and they look at it and perhaps you've even written a book and they get a hold of a copy of your book and then maybe they see your Facebook ad and then they get a promotional email from you not selling something it's just teaching them something they didn't know and then someone from your office phones them I mean we've had there what was it six seven different touch points there all of this is relationship building and if we could do this week in week out week in week out over a number of months at the exact point at which they're ready to take action and switch from their incumbent MSP to someone new, they're much more likely to pick you. And that is beautiful. So, yeah, I always tell people that, you know, most of the time, most of the people don't need what you're selling. (laughs) So it's it's on the day that they're dissatisfied with somebody else or on the day that something breaks that they want to get in touch with you. So, um, all right. So you mentioned just casually and in passing, Uh, no matter what's going on in the world today. Well, Mm -hmm. what's going on in the world today is the COVID virus. So uh, you have teased me that you believe that there's a unique opportunity for marketing uh, because of the environment we're in today. Tell me about that. I have. um, I do believe that. What COVID has done, and COVID has been an awful thing for the economy. It's obviously been an awful thing for people as well, but it's, you know, we're here, this is a business uh, podcast and the economy we all know is going to take a massive hit. All Western economies are, all of our governments have overspent just, I mean, you've spent trillions of dollars, you know, my my government spent billions of dollars. Um, Without getting political, we don't think much of our leaders, most of us. So, you know, there's an enormous impact on the economy and that has an impact on, on MSPs. However, having said that, I don't think this is a time to be scared. I think this is a time to leverage opportunities. Let me explain what I mean by this. I think that COVID is going to accelerate a process which was going to happen over the next couple of years anyway. And what I mean is I think a whole bunch of clients, a whole bunch of end users are going to switch MSP as a result of COVID. In fact, I think we're probably at the point, Carl, where this is about to happen because uh, it's as recovery comes and as people start to go back to their office that they're gonna start to take action on some decisions they made a couple of months ago. So if we go back to March and out of nowhere, let's be honest, it really came out of the blue for most of us, out of nowhere, suddenly you had to work from home and a whole bunch of businesses were suddenly scrambling to call their IT support company and say to them, hey, we need to get set up for at-home working. Yeah, I know you were telling us four years ago that we should embrace this cloud thing and we didn't do it, but hey, can you get us set up for at-home working, please? Oh, and by the way, we've got five other users we never told you about and you'll need to get them set up. Um, You've spoken to enough MSPs, I've spoken to enough that most, many people did really well. Many MSPs, they they pulled their finger out, they upped their game, they worked in stupid hours, they did the right thing and they supported your clients, their their clients. And they they rang their clients afterwards and they kept in touch with them and, and, and that's great. But for every MSP that's done that in the marketplace, there was another MSP that did a really bad job. What, I don't know if you use this word in the States, but they did a, what we would call a shoddy job. 
uh, and just not a very good job at all. They didn't get them set up properly for at home working. They put in place fudges and fixes. I mean, I have spoken to an MSP who picked up a new client of someone who they, they couldn't even access email. They were having to get their emails forwarded to, to a Gmail and then a Gmail was having to be sort of, you know, distributed using filters out to individual team members because wow. their IT support company just couldn't, who knows the details why, but their IT support company just couldn't put in place a proper fix for them. And ultimately that, that lost them that client. So I think the, the way that you treated your clients during the, the sort of the first month of the lockdown is basically going to be repaid to you times 10. So if you really looked after your clients, you've just bonded them to you for another 10 years and, and they will reward you. And you, you'll know if this is you because you can go and ask them for testimonials. In fact, it's a very smart thing to do right now is to go to your clients and say, could you do me a testimonial, please, about how we treated you during the lockdown? Oh, that's a great idea. It is. It is because you can then leverage that, which we'll talk about in a second. You can leverage that in some marketing to steal the bad MSPs or the lazy MSPs clients. So if if you looked after your clients well, you've got nothing to worry about as long as you keep looking after them as they now return to the workplace and you get them set up for hybrid working or what we're calling hybrid working, which is anyone can work anywhere on any device, which is where we really would like all of our clients to be anywhere. But the people who weren't looked after properly, the, the clients made decisions in March and in April, screw this, I'm done with these guys, we're switching IT support. But the vast majority of clients, having made that decision, they didn't take action on it. So they're unhappy clients who haven't yet taken action. And uh, this is what I believe is, is going to start to come to fruition in the, it's maybe starting to come to fruition now. It will certainly be over the second half of 2020 and into 2021, depending on whether or not we have more lockdowns or restrictions or whatsoever. But as people start to return to their normal workplace environment, they'll remember they weren't happy with their IT support company and they will do something about it. So I'm telling all of my clients right now, do campaigns, do marketing, get testimonials from your clients about how you were looked after during lockdown and make that the crux of your marketing because testimonials are a very important form of something called social proof. Social proof is where most people prefer to do what most other people are doing. And this is a phrase that was coined by Dr. Robert Cialdini, who's a professor of psychology based in New York, who, who writes about the psychology of marketing. His, his primary book is called Influence. It's a great book to read, a bit heavy in places, but it's a great book. And he absolutely got that thing that we are driven at our core to do what most other people do. We think we're not, we think we're individuals, but our behavior says otherwise. So if someone's unhappy with their IT support company and they get a, a mailer or an email or they see a Facebook advert from, a, from another IT support company and the crux of it, the core part of that marketing is here's what our clients said about how we treated them during lockdown, that ticks every single box at an emotional level. So you remember what I was, sorry, go on. Well, that's right. So um, the, I love the idea of going after these folks. The question is, how do you do that without looking callous? Like, you know, the world is shut down. All the restaurants are going bankrupt, you know, but I want you to consider leaving your MSP and coming to somebody who's going to treat you better you know, the next time this happens? Sure, that's a, that's a great question. And time, timing is a part of that. So, um, you know, here in the UK, we are, we are releasing uh, lockdown restrictions really quickly, too quickly. Uh, I think most people agree, but, you know, suddenly everything is open for business again. Restaurants could open in two weeks' time. And that, that's when I think that the timing will really kick in in the UK. Obviously, in the States, it's a state-by-state -state situation. It's, it's a very fluid thing. So I do think you've got to pick the right time. But I think also you've got to get in the right mindset. 
that because just because you're marketing and you're trying to attract new clients doesn't make you callous because these people are going to switch anyway. In fact, in fact, here's a way of thinking about it. I, I, let's make the assumption that um, you have a good MSP and you're good at what you do. And let's make the assumption that the clients would be better off with you than without you because you look after them really well. Don't you actually owe it to people who are clients of lazy MSPs to market hard enough that they come to join you? Because what if they pick someone else? What if they pick, make the wrong choice again? Because they're not going to leave them for 10 years, as we've already established. So you actually owe it to these people to spend money to be in front of them. And the reality is, I, I am yet to meet a single MSP who can be too aggressive with their marketing. Most MSPs, because they're technicians at heart, don't like marketing. You said this at the beginning of the interview. They don't like marketing. That They're quite reticent to do it. Therefore, if we put some aggression into that marketing and, and they tone it down as they as they come to implement it they'll get the tone absolutely spot on so do the clients know do the clients believe that they are making a 10-year commitment no because i i have talked to clients who are like oh god i don't want to look for another msp right so there, there's obviously some reluctance to change it providers uh, but you're saying no, they don't know that they're making a 10-year commitment. They don't know, but they're held in place by something called inertia loyalty. And this is what keeps us with our bank. It's what keeps us with our CPA. It's what keeps us with our lawyer. Even when we're not particularly happy, it feels like it's too much work to switch over to someone else. And actually, from a technology point of view, remember, we're talking about people who don't understand technology. So it's an enormous thing in their head of, oh, hang on, but if we switch someone else, what, what about those server things that they keep talking about? And they've got all our passwords and they've got this login. And actually, do you know what? They're not that bad. I mean, they make me angry and you know, my blood pressure goes up every time I speak to them, but we'll stick with them for another year. And that another year becomes another year, becomes another year, becomes another year because they so, perceive it's too difficult to switch. So how do you know when they're ready to switch? How do you tease that out versus, right? Because you're saying that the messaging is, are you unhappy with the person who got you into uh, your house? And will you be just as happy with the company that gets you back into your office? Yeah, correct. And, and the, the reality is you, you don't know who those people are going to be. You don't know who they're going to be. You don't know when the timing is right. Uh, we, we know that people only buy when they're ready to buy. So what we do is, is, is by putting that message out, it should theoretically only talk to those people who are ready to switch. I think the thing that makes the Unix, this a unique situation now is just the sheer number of people. Because the reality is, in, you know, if, if we hadn't had COVID and this was just a normal June, July, and we were just talking about this, you know, there would be, let's say in a, in a, of every thousand business, and I'm making these figures up now, but for every thousand businesses, there'd be two or three that were ready to switch today. The reality is with COVID is it, it's just accelerating things in the same way that you talked about restaurants dying. COVID, I believe, and this may be a controversial view, but I think all that COVID is, is going to kill is the businesses that were struggling anyway. And I know that restaurants and hospitality in particular has, has, has done really badly, but those that, I'm going to use a cliche, pivoted, those that pivoted right. and came up with a new business model quite quickly and figured it out, they're doing all right. And you know what? They'll figure out how to open their restaurants again as well. Those that were really struggling, that were got lackluster leadership, but there's no energy, there's no drive. All that COVID has done is it, it's accelerated the death of those businesses in the same way a recession does. And the great recession that's coming is, is going to knock a whole load of businesses out. It's going to knock a load of MSPs out. This is opportunity for everyone else. It, it, it is almost you know, pr pruning the number of businesses down and leaving just the healthy ones um, behind. Right. So I think that's, that's all this is. This is an acceleration. 
the so my experience of the last you know because I'm old enough to have a, gone through a few of these recessions, uh, the bottom twenty five percent of whoever, our business, uh, our clients, the bottom twenty five percent are not making any money, and most of them are going to be washed out of the system. At the same time, they'll be replaced during the recession with a new twenty five percent who don't yet have an IT service provider, don't yet have somebody. And they're, you know, and those people are not looking to buy servers, not looking to the past. They, they, have, they have no interest in having conversation with somebody who is pushing old technology. And so they're, they're, you know, it's sort of like, this is the opportunity for you to up your game and say, all right, we have a cloud only solution, which you and I know is 10 years old, but <laughs> a lot but of the they clients, don't. Yeah. It, it's all new to them. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And, and this is where, um, you know, th- this is why it's exactly the same for, for MSPs. As much as MSPs should, theoretically should never go out of business because of the business model, uh, as you say, you fall behind, you you become outdated. You know, even even people who don't know, know that, that having a server is perhaps not a current thing. You know, even people, even though they don't understand what the cloud is, they know that they want to be able to pick up their phone do something on their phone, put their phone down and then carry on with that piece of work on their laptop because they can do that in their personal life. So why can't they do that in their, in, with their business as well? And you, you, that, that, this is why I've, I've never, I'm, you know, I'm only 15 years younger than you, Carl, which, which uh, I don't know if that makes you young or me old, probably a bit of both. Um, and I remember the recession of 2007, 2008. And that was, a, that was a great time to be in business. I'd only started my first business two years before. And I worked twice as hard in 2007 than I did in 2005. But we grew twice as hard because we could innovate. We could, you know, do, we could be faster. We could, we could do more than people that have been around for 20, 30 years. This is a massive opportunity for MSPs, particularly those forward-thinking ones that are looking ahead and saying, right, what's next? Okay, MSSP, that's next. Cybersecurity first, that's going to be the next thing. Let's, let's, let's start talking about that now. If we know that, you know, going, if we look at managed services and say, well, we all know BreakFix is dead. It's, it's, it's lots of people still doing it, but it's, it's not a great model compared to, to recurring revenue to the MSP model. Those, those that are going to survive for the next 20 years are the ones that are already looking ahead and saying, we should be bundling in dark web scanning. We should be bundling in this solution, that solution. You know, everyone should have be at this standard level, encryption, uh, backups, all of this kind of stuff. And I think the, those MSPs will do very, very well because their clients will reward them with loyalty. Whether they're new clients, new into the market or, or older clients, you know, that, that loyalty will come from, I mean, we all know that the days of selling hardware are, 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 you know, and servers, as you say, Carl, are, are completely gone. But there's still plenty of solutions to sell people. And I think cybersecurity cyber especially is the, is the absolute... If I was to look ahead 10 years and, and, and hedge a bet on anything, it would be that the, the MSPs that embrace cybersecurity now, which is a very big top subject, it's almost a separate company, uh, but those that embrace it now and almost turn it into a separate line on the invoice so, so their clients can see how big it is, those are the ones that are going to do very well now and over the next 10 years. Right. So uh, with not just the UK or the US, but folks who are anywhere, what would you say are the the best ways to get this message out in, let's say in the next few months. So this will probably air in July. So, you know, is it email? Is it postal mail? Is it uh, Google ads? Like how do you connect with the people who are in your area who are ready to switch to a new MSP? 
That's a great, great question. And the answer is all of those things and more. So what I, I would do, if I owned an MSP and I wanted to take advantage of this opportunity, I would put together a multi-step campaign and, well, no, actually, let me back up a second. If, if I owned an MSP, I would actually focus most of my time on building audiences. So I'd, uh, this is the long-term marketing. So I'd be building my email list because you need your email list because it's the only platform that no one can ever take away from you. And what I mean by that is if you focus on LinkedIn and Facebook, well, they're owned by Microsoft and Mark Zuckerberg. And I don't trust Microsoft and Mark Zuckerberg as much as I, I trust myself. So you want to build up your email list. You want to build up your Facebook connections, a Facebook group if you're in a niche, uh, certainly build up your LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the number one marketing platform for MSPs right now and will probably continue to be for some time. Uh, I would even you know, build up things like doing a podcast or something like that where you can, if it's appropriate, where you can build up audiences of people. And then once you've built up those audiences of people, you can engage with them and build a relationship with them. And that's the right long-term play, but that isn't going to deliver results in the next couple of months. So I think the short-term play is an integrated multi-step campaign where you target a specific set of people. So for example, Carl, you're based in Sacramento in California. You could go and buy data of all the businesses of certain sizes in Sacramento. Well, you could either buy that data or you could pay someone on fiverr.com to do a slightly dodgy scrape of Google for you and you know scrape it off Google Maps. I think the, the, the ethical thing to do is to just go and buy that data. And you want someone's name, you want their position, you want the company name, you want their address, uh, you want their phone number and you want their email address. And yes, it is worth paying the extra dollars and cents to get all of that information. And then you would license that for, let's say, for 12 months and you'd license it for multi-touch, which means you can essentially do anything you want with that data over the next 12 months. And I would then, uh, and let's not get into to the, the issues of using CRMs or which CRMs just for a second, but I would then target those people with a campaign. So for example, the first thing you would do is you would send them something in the post. And this could be a postcard, this could be a four page sales letter, you know, there's a number of different things that you could do. But po the reason we want to post something to them is they're more likely to see it. These days, we get 200 emails every hour, and we get one piece of post a day or a week. So yeah. if you can send something to someone in the post, it has enormous standout ability. It's kind of the opposite of how it was 20 years ago. So send something very well designed, high quality, good quality, print, color print, send that to them in the post. Then you might follow that up with an email which arrives on the same day, which essentially says, hey, we posted something to you. We posted you a postcard or a letter. Just wanted to check that you've got it. Uh, and let, let's say that the, um, the postcard, the call to action on the postcard was for them to book a 15 minute Zoom call. And they had to go to yourwebsite.com forward slash Zoom, say. And so the email would actually say, hey, we posted you this letter. It's about this and this. Uh, to book your 15-minute call, click here. And the reason we do that, the reason we'd have an email arriving the same day as the piece of post is because the piece of post catches their attention and they look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's interesting. I might do that. They put it down and it's going to stay on their desk for the next 200 years. Whereas when they get the email, it reminds them and they say, oh, yeah, I was going to do that. And they click the link. Also, anyone that clicks the link, even if they book a meeting or not, we know that they have clicked the link because you can track that kind of thing in your CRM. So we've got a piece of post. We've got an email which arrives the next day. We then switch on a Facebook advert targeting them. So if you've got the data of all these people, you can upload this data into Facebook as something called a custom audience. And a custom audience is where you can say to Facebook, please only show the advert to the people who are in this list. So Facebook will try and match up 
the email addresses and the cell phone numbers with the people of that list with its existing users. And anyone that it can match, it will show the advert to, which is just beautiful. By the way, a second custom audience you'd set up at the same time is people who visited your website. And an action for um, every single person listening to this should be to make sure you've got something called the Facebook pixel embedded into your website. So the Facebook right. pixel just gives Facebook the knowledge of which of its users have visited your website. The reason you want to put that in today, whether or not you're doing Facebook ads today, is Facebook allows you to do ad campaigns targeting people who visited your website up to 180 days in the past. So if you embed that pixel today, and then in half a year's time, you think, oh, I want to run some adverts, you can actually target people historically who visited your website, which is very, 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 very powerful. Okay. So we've got a piece of post, we've got an email, we'd have a Facebook ad, then we try and connect to them on LinkedIn. There are a couple of fudges where you, you know how you can connect LinkedIn to your email and it'll upload your contacts. And, you know, there are a couple of ways you can upload this data into a Gmail account and try and attach that to LinkedIn. It's very iffy, if and buts, whether that works. But the, the long haul way is you get a virtual assistant to just go through the list for you, find those people on LinkedIn and just connect to them. And again, if we can connect to them, it's, it's another touch point. And then finally, the thing we'd do is, well, we'd keep sending them emails, we'd keep putting content on LinkedIn to be in front of them. Eventually, someone needs to phone them. Because all of this stuff, whatever it is that we're pushing and that we're talking about, all of this stuff is all very good and it all builds the relationship, but nothing generates time, you know, quality time on the phone with people than someone else phoning them on your behalf. And you could outsource this to another company, or you could get like a, a work from home mum to do this, a work from home mom, I should say, to do this uh, for you a couple of hours a day, literally picking up the phone, calling these people, hey, we sent you some stuff, have you had a chance to look at this? Um, can I get you booked in with a 15 minute Zoom with our chief technology strategist, uh, Carl? And you know, most people are gonna say no or get screwed or whatsoever. But those people who are ready to take action, those people who've made that decision and ready to take action, they'll hesitate, they'll pause. And some of them will say, yeah, go on, let's have a chat, 15 minutes. So and you and I, you and I both know, Carl, if you can get someone on, the, on a Zoom or on a call for 15 minutes, they're in your sales process. Exactly. Sadly, we're out of time. No, we could talk so, for hours about this. Say, it sounds like we should schedule another uh, call in a couple of months and, and uh, take it from here. That'd be um, great. So thank you very much for your time. I certainly appreciate it. And why don't you give us your website so folks who want to find out more about you uh, can go straight to it. Yeah, that'd be great. It's Paul Green's mspmarketing.com. And actually on the homepage, uh, you mentioned my book at the beginning of the interview, which is called Updating Servers Doesn't Grow Your Business. We actually give this away for free. So we have 2000 copies sat in a warehouse in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, if you go on, or if you're in the States, you can get a copy posted to you the same in the UK, rest of the world, I'm afraid it's just a PDF. But if you go onto that Paul Green's mspmarketing.com, it's literally pretty much right at the top, uh, just fill in your details, and we will send you a free copy of my book. Excellent. And we will put the link into the show notes for the podcast. So Paul Green from Paul Green's MSP Marketing. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.